God is good. Um, for the last month, like I, y'all saw the pictures, and I'm sure you've heard everything going on. You probably heard the hammers a couple weeks ago. We've been talking about, we've been doing our music and arts camp. This summer, we, for the last three weeks, well, the four weeks with our cookout, we um, studied about what God had placed in our lives as a talent or an ability. We talked about how God formed us specifically and gave us talents not just to waste, but to be used for him. And the kids got to learn different talents and got to experience different talents. And then when they asked, when you asked them, some of them say their talents are gymnastics or basketball or working out or singing, all kinds of stuff. And we talked about how can you use those things for God and for his glory? Because when God put, you, put those things in his life, your life, it wasn't a mistake or an uh-oh. He put them there for a reason. And as I was praying and thinking about this message for today, the idea continued to come back to me that this music and art camp should have been for everybody because I think our church and churches in general have forgotten that God has given us talents and abilities to be used for him. So I want to talk today just for a few minutes about serving with what God has given you and what area has God blessed you in your life and how can you serve Um, Have we forgotten that God has equipped us with different talents and abilities, no matter your age? Um, When God created us, it wasn't a model that he used for everybody. It wasn't an assembly line, but he specifically formed you. It says in the Bible that you were created in the womb. God didn't, you know, just say, you know, I'll take care of you once you come out. No, he put you in that womb, and when you were growing over those nine months, he said, I'm going to make her great at this, or I'm going to make him great at that, so he can be used for my kingdom, so she can be used for my glory. And I think that's how it works. I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. I think God formed you specifically so we can be used for his glory and his kingdom. God didn't put abilities and talents in us just because, but because he put them in there so we can be used for him. So what are we doing with those talents? What are we doing with those abilities? As I talked to the kids, I explained to them, just because your talent is basketball and you're thinking, how in the world can I use basketball for God? You can. Your talent is cooking. How can I use that for God? You can't cook in the church. Actually, you can because I cook every Wednesday. But how can I do that? You can. My talent is drawing. You can do that for God. My client, my client, my talent is vacuuming. You can do that for God. There is talents that God puts in your life that he put in there for a reason. Today we're going to read um, a parable about a few people with some talents. This is found in Matthew 25, 14 through 28. And these first few verses, I think I'm reading out of the um, New King James Version. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, and to another two, and to another one, according to his own ability. And immediately he went on with them, and he went on a journey. Then he, had received, then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received went, one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of his servant came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five 
other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I've gained five more besides what you gave me. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also, who had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered, me two, you delivered me two talents. Look, I've gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to them, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you had to be a hard man, reaping what you have not sown and gathering what you have not uh, scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming I would have received back my own with interest." So take the ta- so he took the talent from him and gave it gave him who has ten talents and he got nothing. I love this story. Um, this was we use a different version in our kids' church, but I told them, which servant do you want to be? Which servant do you want to be? Do you want to get even more or do you want to get taken away? And I don't think that last servant m- meant harm. I think he was just like, you know what? This is a really good thing. Let me keep it. But that's not how God intends it at all. If you are a Christian and a follower of Christ, which I hope you are, and if not, I would love to have a conversation with you about Christ. But if you are a Christian, it is our calling, it is our duty, and it is our responsibility to use what God has given us in our, for, in our life. So are you living that out? Are you using your talents? Are you burying them in the sand and keeping them to yourself? I was talking to a friend this past week. We had some um, friends from out of town visiting us. It was actually the Parkers. The Parkers have been here before from China. And they were in, um, they've moved back to the States. And they were asking how our denomination is doing as a whole. They had knew we were, um, got back from the assembly. And I said, well, the assembly was encouraging. It was incredible. Bobby and I got to work in the kids' assembly, and there was only 400 kids in there. It was, it was wonderful. There was a lot of people there. And I told him, I said, it was so encouraging to hear the testimonies, especially because we were in service for the kids and youth night. And we got to hear testimonies of ministries in other countries and what they were doing and how they were changing the world, how they were invading this pl- these places with the gospel and not even caring. You know, their lives could be dangered. They were sitting in churches with no windows and no doors and 150 degrees. I'm not sure if that's how hot, but it is very hot in Africa. And just pouring out God- their gospel to people. And they didn't care because they were using what God had given them. And I told him, I said, it was very encouraging. I said, but I feel like our churches in the state are struggling a little bit. And I said, I'm just honest. I feel like we're struggling a little bit, our churches. And he said, you know what? He said, I was just talking to a pastor of the Assemblies of God, which is pretty similar to us. He said the same thing. He said, their churches in other countries are flourishing. He said, but here in the States, they're closing them one after the other. And I said, well, why is that? Why is that? And the more I prayed, the more I thought about this message, God was speaking to me about serving. And I believe it's because we have gotten lazy. We have gotten lazy with serving. In that other country, they're telling the gospel, that's what they depend on. 
they, they're, they're not saying, oh, we'll let Pastor so-and-so from the other church handle it. No, that might be the only church for 100 miles, and they're going to reach those people. I can't imagine being in the Czech Republic administering to an 11-year-old who is an alcoholic. I would have no idea how to do that. But you know what that church said? We don't care. We're going to tell them about Jesus. We're going to tell their family about Jesus. We're going to serve because this is why we are called. And I feel like we have just gotten lazy with our talents and with our abilities. Um, and I, I think it's important that we realize that it's not a quick thing. It doesn't just happen overnight. It's not, oh, you know, I'm just going to stop being used by God. No. After a while, you realize, wow, I've gotten really lazy. I've gotten really tired. But some of us have to be rem- rem- to remember that energy of how it felt when we first got saved and we wanted to tell everybody about Jesus. When we first got saved and said, I will be in the mur- I'll be in the nursery. I'll be clean up crew. I'll be in the youth. I'll be in the- you just were so excited. We have to be um, so excited to serve and to minister. Some of us, I believe, really like a drive-through church. If you've never been through a drive-through, you know it's quick and easy, most of them. It's quick and easy, and you get your food, and you don't have to really talk to a lot of people except two people. And some of those don't even talk to you because they're rude. Some people like that for church. They want to drive in, get the word, and get out. They don't want to talk. They don't want to communicate. They don't want to serve. And that's where some of our churches have gotten really messed up because that's not what church and community is about. That's not what the first churches in the Bible were. If you look at the first churches in the Bible... They were family. They were groups. If somebody was suffering, they said, you know what, let me give you my paycheck. If someone didn't have a coat, they said, you know what, let me give you my coat. If someone needed a babysitter, they said, you know what, let me babysit. And y'all know I'm exaggerating a little bit, but you know what I mean. They helped where they were needed. They used what God had given them. And they said, God, whatever way, whatever you've given me, I'm going to use for you. And I feel like many times we have forgotten that. So are we wasting our talents? Are we wasting our abilities? Are we using them for him? If you want to see God move and you want to see him do incredible things, serve him. Not just come to church, but I mean serve him. God will do incredible things through service. We have to serve God with what God, we have to serve him with what God has given us. Think about this. When you were being formed in that womb, God knew exactly where you would be July 29th, 2018. He knew that you would be sitting at Huddleston Church of God of Prophecy. He knew that you would be a nurse or a teacher or a stay-at-home mom or a truck driver or whatever you are. He knew that. And what he put in you to be used for him, he knew it could be used for this moment. He said, you know what? In 20 years, that person's going to be at Huddleston, and I know they're going to need a so-and-so, so I'm going to put that talent in her. You know what? In 55 years, uh, that person's going to still be at Huddleston. They've been there their whole life, but I'm going to put this talent there so they can start this new ministry. God did not just uh-oh things. He, it was a specific design that he knew you could use for in this moment. He knows what he's doing. He's not some crazy God. He's a God of control, and he knows exactly what to do and what we can do. But again, I feel like we've gotten lazy and Ooh, we've gotten crazy with some excuses, excuses and excuses. Um, Luke 9, 57 through 62 is a, a little story of some people with some excuses. Now, it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds have 
the heir of Nest, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said another, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Give me a second. Give me a second. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to them, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. We talked about this several weeks in Sunday school, and it kind of clicked um, I did not know this. Let me do a little commercial. If you do not come to Sunday school, come to Sunday school because preaching is awesome and wonderful, but you learn some deep stuff in Sunday school. I be learning stuff sometimes, and I'm like, what in the world? How did I not know that? I went to college for this. I didn't even know this. So apparently, when I was reading this, I thought, man, Jesus is harsh. This man just wants to bury his dad, have a funeral. Come on, Jesus, give him some time. Like, what is, that's kind of rough, but I'm not questioning Jesus. But still... And Randy explained that his dad probably wasn't dead. That in tradition, if I'm correct, if somebody died, you got buried that day, right? Yeah, you got buried that day. It wasn't one of these long things. He thought, I think that maybe he was saying, maybe my dad's sick. Give me some time until he passes, and then I'll follow you. So give me some time, maybe a year, maybe six months, and then I'll follow you. I never even realized that. I was like, oh, this whole time I thought Jesus was being kind of harsh, and he wasn't. This man was trying to have an excuse. This other man just wanted to go back home and tell his people bye. What excuses have we made ourselves for not following Christ? I can't because I have to do this. I can't because I have to do that. I can't because of this. Um, so what are some of our excuses? Many of us, this is my favorite excuse, and I use this one all the time, so if y'all catch me, call me out. When I ask somebody to work in the children's ministry or when I ask somebody to serve, you know what the first excuse is? Let me pray about it. <laughs> I use that one all the time. <laughs> Y'all got to help me, though, because I'm trying to get better. That is a good, I mean, I want you to pray. Please, if I ask you to be in the children's ministry, don't just, yeah, I'll be fine. I mean, if you don't good with kids, just tell me. But if God has given you a calling or if you just are saved, it is your duty to, to yes, you want to pray, but if it's, it's a given, serve. Why do you need to pray to do good for God? Why do you need to pray to increase his, uh, his kingdom? It's a given. Now, some people say, well, what if it's not God's will? What if, if you are a Christian and you have studied scriptures and you have discernment, you should know what's God's will and not his will. Am I, if I'm asking you to join me as we rob a bank so our church can pay the like bill, that is probably not right. That is not going to be God's will because that is sin. <laughs> but you should know what's God's will and what's not God's will. This pray about it excuse is kind of used... I, sometimes I think God's like, oh, did they just use praying again? Because God just wants us to get up and do it. We shouldn't have to pray about every single thing. I, I mean, I, please don't get me wrong because I know praying is important, and you should be praying at all times. But if someone wants you to vacuum the church, don't pray about it. If someone wants you to love on some babies, it should be a given. That's the greatest gift ever to love on a baby. If someone wants you to help in VBS, that should be a given because you're ministering to kids. Yes, we should pray about it, but don't use it as an excuse. What are other excuses I hear? This is another one I've heard, and I hope no one gets offended to me. And if y'all do, you can take it with Jesus. Yeah, 
I have served my time. I'm done. (laughs) I have heard so many people say, I've served my time. I'm done. Please tell me in the Bible where it says that you can stop serving a ministry or where it says we have to stop. And I know there's times where there's situations where you've had to step out of ministry, and I'm not talking to y'all. If y'all have to step out and take care of a a loved one or you have an issue, that is, Jesus understands. Trust me, Jesus understands. But I'm talking about those people who use that as an excuse. I served Sunday school for 20 years, and I'm not going to do it anymore. That's not how that works. The Bible actually says, they shall bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Now, if anybody that gets offended, if anybody gets offended for being called old, that's not me. I did not write this. That's what the Bible says. So, it says, you shall bear fruit in old age. Bear fruit. Not just pray about pray for us, which we need. Please pray for our children's ministry. Not just sit back and come to church and drive through. But bear fruit. Let me give you some people who were a little bit older when they served God. Moses was 80 years old when God called him. Anna, who was a prophetess, scholars say she was 105. Caleb was still serving at 85. Aaron was 83. The Bible just says Joshua was really old. (laughs) Daniel served God from the day of his youth for over 70 years years. Now, I don't know about you, but when I'm 85, I don't know if I really want to be serving the children's ministry and running after these kids. I can't even run after them now. But if that's my calling, I'm going to. I'm going to give me a hover around, and I'm going to chase them down because that's my calling. That's my calling. I will find a way to serve. Whatever it needs to be, I will figure out a way. I love how some of our volunteers in our children's ministry now are of different ages. We have 12-year-olds all to I don't even know how old Sister Geraldine is. But she pours her heart out every Sunday by sitting in that preschool class and taking care of those little ones. She's not up juggling or um, any crazy thing that some people y'all do. She's just loving on some kids. She's sitting there and loving on kids during Sunday school. And that's what it's about. She's using her talents and she's using her abilities. Again, understand if you have health concerns or any of those issues, please do not throw a tomato at me. But God has called us, and he has equipped us, and we have to be a willing vessel. A vessel. Now, on the opposite end, you are not too young to be used by God. If you read in Scripture, there's a ton of kings that were young. There's like a king that was like eight years old being a king. Like, what? Young kids, 12-year-olds. Hello, Mary was a teenager when she carried Jesus. People can be, you guys can be used by God no matter your age. And it is our responsibility to encourage our kids to serve. Yes, they're going to be loud. Yes, they're going to run. They will probably spill something in the sanctuary, and they're going to cause a mess. But that's where they need instruction and encouragement. Don't push them in another room. Don't, you know, if they're being bad, send them to their parents. They'll whip them, and they'll send them back. Just encourage them. They can still be used by God. Please remember that at one point, you were one of those kids running around acting crazy. You were one of those kids getting a whipping for (laughs) being in the sanctuary running. You were one of those kids rolling your eyes at an adult because they told you to stop something or don't do that or do that. We have to be those encouragers to tell our kids, you can serve God. You can be on that worship team. You can lead worship. You can minister. You can preach. You can lead. God doesn't say you have to be at this age to do this. God can do incredible things through a 5-year-old or a 55-year-old. It does not matter. What matters is your heart and saying, Lord, use me. 
God is pretty to the point when it comes to serving. James 1.27 says, Religion that our God and fathers accept as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Excuse me. It's pretty plain and simple right there. Look after the orphans, look after the widows. When I was in college, we had to do a lot of service projects. And I worked one weekend at a Church of God children's home in Tennessee. I don't even know if it's still open. And they would take children that, you know, in different situations, foster care, they had to leave their homes, just lots of stuff. And on the campus, they had apartments for widows, pastors, pastor wid- widows of pastors, of Church of, God, um, Church of God pastors, and their wives were alive, but they had passed away. And those widows lived there, and the people at this children's home took care of the kids and the widows, and the widows helped take care of the kids. And I said, y'all got this going on. This is what it's about. Y'all are taking care of what God says, the widows and the kids, orphans, and then the widows are pouring out into these lives of these kids. I thought, wow, this is what is it's about. I said earlier, if you want to see your church grow, start serving. But let me add this. If you want to see your faith grow, start serving. If you want to see you personally grow, start serving. I love um, listening to like messages from other pastors. I love like reading pastors' blogs and stuff like that. I just like hear, uh, seeing different perspectives of stuff and seeing who's wrong and who's not wrong. I just love like investigating stuff like that. And I stumbled across a pastor who was talking about serving and why it's important for us to serve. And I pulled out a few things, so this is um, not mine, so just in case anybody does plagiarism. Um, I took a few of his expert, uh, a few of the things from his um, blog, and I wrote them down because it really impacted me. And I said, this is why, uh, how serving can increase our faith. First, serving can increase our faith, Period. When you are serving, you get to see firsthand what God does in people's lives. Imagine being one of the disciples and the incredible things they got to see. Feeding of five thousands, the miracles, the healings, that, oh my goodness. I think it would have blown my mind, the things that they saw Jesus doing. And how did they get to see him? Because they followed him and they served if that, those two men that said, you know what, I can't follow you right now, Jesus. i got to bury my dad and i got to go back home. What did they miss out on? If they had stayed, what would they have missed out on? What will you miss out on just by saying, you know what, I can't serve right now? You'll miss out on leading a five-year-old to Christ. You'll miss out on seeing someone uh, cured from cancer or healed from cancer. What will you miss out on that God does through these people who serve? Do you want to experience God's power? Serve. Trust me. Trust me. Serving, number two, serving also helps us realize what our talents and abilities are. A lot of people will say, I don't know how to serve because I don't know what I'm good at. I don't know what I'm good at. Start somewhere and God will show you. Maybe you think, you know what, I don't know if I'm good in children's ministry. We'll let you try it out as long as you've got a good background. We'll let you try it out. And maybe that's not it. Maybe you're like, let me move to youth. I'm sure you talked to Leisha and Kennan. They'll let you try it out. You know what? Youth's not it. Women's ministry. They'll, oh, trust me, I know they'll let you serve. And maybe that's your thing. And you're just like, ooh, I found it. That's what it takes. Don't use an excuse of, I don't know what I'm good at, because God has put something in your life. And he put it there from the beginning to be used for him. You just have to figure it out and start somewhere. 1 Peter 4.10 says, 
Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as, a faithful, as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Each of you. So we didn't say just the ones that were called, just the ones that got gifts. Each of you. That right there is saying every one of us has a gift. Every one of us has an ability. Every one of us has a calling on our life. Number three, if you, wanna, um, if you want to grow when you're serving, or one benefit of grow, uh, serving is you become a part of a community. I love this one because some of my best friends have become my best friends because I serve within the ministry. You are there for them. You are in the nitty-gritty, the hard times. You are praying for them. You are encouraging them. You are leading them. And then when you're both struggling, you can say, you know what, let's just go before the Lord in prayer. And you become some of your, you get some of your best friends just by serving in ministry. Just by serving in ministry. If, like me, if you were in Huddleston, I've been in Huddleston all my life. So these people aren't just people I go to church with. These are people, my family, my friends. I've served in this church. So these people are some of my best friends. And y'all, I love you guys. Y'all are my family, my friends. Because I served y'all and because I've been with y'all for so long. It feels like forever. And more importantly, if it be, uh, it's important to be a part of a community just because they encourage you and they pray for you. And last, serving helps us keep our focus on Jesus. Guys, I know life is busy. Oh, my goodness. You have work. You have kids. You have obligations. And it is extremely hard to get focused on Jesus when you have 6,000 things to do. But Bobby and I was watching a message this morning, and um, the pastor said the devil loves to, um, what do you say, over fill us up with a lot of stuff. I don't know the words he used. But the devil loves to fill us up with a bunch of stuff so we don't have to serve him with a bunch of obligations that we have that we don't have so we don't have to serve him because you get so full then you realize who I can't I got to step out of that ministry because I have this and I got to step out of that ministry and then I got to step out of this service and that service and before you know it you've stepped out of Jesus <laughs> and you've forgotten because the devil loves it he's <laughs> he's sitting there waiting for you he's saying let me give her this oh it's just one extra sport oh it's just one extra meeting oh it's just one extra this work thing and trust me i know life is crazy it is ridiculous and i know it's only going to get more crazy or crazier but that's why we have to focus and say god i need your help put my focus back on you not only in that aspect of keeping your focus on jesus but also, in the other aspect, if you're struggling with pride, selfishness, woe is me, feel sorry for me, start serving and your life will have a whole new perspective. Start serving in a ministry where you see people dying or hurting or homeless, and then you realize, ooh, it's not that bad. Mm, even my, my leg's been hurting, but that person doesn't even have a leg. You know, I'm struggling with this, but that little girl went to bed with no food. You get a whole new perspective when you start serving. And before you realize it, that selfishness or that pride or whatever it is starts to just disappear because you're like, whoo, my focus needs to be refocused right back to Christ. And that's what it will do. When you serve God, you'll have a focus of Jesus, and you'll build this community, and you'll realize what your talents and abilities are, and you will also increase your faith. All these things are important. Serving is just as important for us us as it is the other people that we're serving. It increases our faith, and not only that, but it blesses others. So what do we do? Go. Do. Move. Don't just sit. Say, God, how can I be used by you? God's not going to ask you. If you have some an issue 
with something, he's not going to ask you to, you know, if you can't pick up wooden wood to carry it into somebody else, he's not going to ask you to pick up wood to carry it in for an older person. But he may say, you know what, I want you to sit in Sunday school with Susie. Because Susie and I have been praying for Sunday school teachers. And God may say, you know what, I want you to teach a five-year-old once a month. That's not a difficult job. They love it. They just want to be loved by you and want to hear fun stories and do crafts and hear about Jesus and take their prayer requests because they love when you take their prayer requests. That's not hard. Maybe you say, I don't, I'm not good with people. Well, you know what? There's all kinds of places you can grow your um, ministry by any, lots of stuff in this church. We need people in this back booth with those little buttons. I don't know how to work any of that stuff. That can be your talent. Maybe you're not good with people, but you're good with that stuff. That's a talent. That's an ability you can be used. There's tons of areas you can be used. It doesn't have to be in this church. We want you, but it doesn't have to be in this church. We just want you to get up, move, do, and go. To end our service today, we're going to do a little something different. During our monthly, you can come on up. During our monthly summer activity, our kids learned about if they had an art if they were artists, learning about how can they use their, be an artist for uh, God, how can they use metal or carpentry for God, and how they can be on a worship team. Well, my kids, if you were at the camp, I want you to come up because y'all were going to sing I, the song y'all learned for being on a worship team. They learned what's it like to be on a worship team. What is it like to be leading worship and singing? You saw some of it today, but they're going to do their song that they learned. Not all of them are here. But the ones we got, I'm sure they'll sing. Trust me. Y'all heard them this morning. And this is what serving's about. Pouring into these kids' lives and telling them this is what God has put in your heart. God has put singing in your heart or dancing in your heart or artwork in your heart. Whatever it is, he put it in you specifically. He put it in Natalie and Lainey and Cadence and Alyssa specifically. He put it in you specifically. You just have to ask God, what is my talent? What is my ability? And how can I use it for you? Maybe it's cooking for the church. Maybe it's hosting, a, like Denise and Jeff, hosting a camp out for us. And I'm sure that's a lot of work because we're going to be there destroying their property. Not completely, but making a mess. But you know what? They're living out their calling. And that's what you need to do. Just do, go, and move.